is the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Worldwide Sports Radio presents the, 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 the Haystack Show with Mike Guido. And it is a Thursday, a jam-packed Thursday here on the Haystack of the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. iHeartRadio, TuneIn Radio, WorldWideSportsRadio.com. Mike Guido, Evan Mazza, my producer. Good to have you in here on a rainy, dark Thursday. I feel like it's rained for the past two weeks every single day. It's been awful. It's a rainy, dark Halloween day. It's terrible. Happy Halloween to you. Uh, obviously, buy or sell today on a Thursday. We got Thursday night football tonight. Uh, 49ers and Arizona Cardinals on Thursday night football tonight should be interesting. Can't wait for it. Uh, World Series champions, the Washington Nationals. Say that again. The road team won every single game in the World Series. It's never happened in Major League Baseball history. It's never happened in NBA history. It's never happened in NHL history. This has never happened before. What a story. And of course, I want to start with this. I want to do something a little different to begin today. Let's do something together. Let's brainstorm all of the things we love about sports. Okay, I can tell you the former athlete in me loves the competitiveness I can tell you the amateur GM in me loves all the moving pieces like trades and free agency and the draft and all that stuff. The sports talk host in me loves the drama and the storylines. But the pure sports fan in me loves the things we can remember. Baseball has always been a sentimental sport. The 150-year history. The, this sport goes back lifetimes. Generations of people. I can tell you that last night is what we live for as sports fans. The Nationals winning the World Series as a wild card team. Not even the best team in their division. When their history explains heartbreak and frustration and choking in big moments against the best team in the league who were heavily favored in the World Series. This team has never won a World Series, and Washington, D.C. as a city hasn't won a World Series since 1924. Walter Johnson. That's the stuff that makes us love this stuff. Okay? The underdog of the... uh, The underdog is the ultimate in sports. I understand that popularity and market size and ratings all can fluctuate and are all factors in what helps draw fans' interest. But you'd be hard-pressed to tell me that not everybody outside of Houston was rooting for exactly what we got last night. Just like how there are factors into what draws the fans in There are factors that cause the fans to be amazed. The story is phenomenal for the Nationals. Not once in any series, in any sport, has the road team won every game. The Nationals did that. 
the first player they ever drafted as a franchise was starting at first base, Ryan Zimmerman. The year after they let go of who was supposed to be the savior of the franchise, Bryce Harper. And the World Series MVP was a guy who never really reached his peak of magic because of injuries of all things. And he did in this postseason, Steven Strasburg. Baseball won yesterday. The sport of baseball won yesterday. Fans from all around the country that aren't even interested in baseball were rooting for the Nationals because the story was near perfect. This is why I wanted to be a sports talk show host. This is why. Because I love talking about stuff like this with you. This is what made me fall in love with sports and especially baseball. It was my first love. Baseball carries that little extra magic, and we all felt it. And baseball might not be the most watched sport in America, but it definitely holds the most memorable moments. Every family's history has some form of baseball in it. Fandom, player, executive, whatever, little league. The best stories in sports come from the big leagues. Okay, This is one of those moments that will last in baseball history. The Nationals winning the World Series is one of those things that you can remember. Okay? The thing that make us love the, the, the things that make us love sports are all compacted into Major League Baseball. The competitiveness, the moving pieces, everything. Okay, the drama, the storylines throughout the 162 game season, then the postseason. And then there's the moments that you can remember. Those home runs in the bottom of the ninth inning. Those final strikeouts. Everything. So even if the NFL and the NBA trumps it in the ratings, the fact still remains that we were all baseball fans last night. All of us. And that's exactly what baseball does. Dan Shulman on ESPN Radio with the final out call of last night's winning World Series for the Nationals. Sorry, is that my cue? <laughs> have a, have a, see, sorry, I froze here. You guys, we'll, we'll give you continue. I'll, I'll, tell you when, I'll tell you what's up. Boy, oh boy. You know, you've become like the worst at this. I know. I feel like the cues I give you are really self-explanatory. Evan. Listen. Ivan. Listen. Listen. What do you mean, listen? They are very. They are self-explanatory. But you know what's up, you know what's going on with me right now? My life is a little bit of a tailspin because my because the Washington Nationals are world champions and I had to watch as a Mets fan. Here is Dan Shulman. The three-two on the way, swing and a miss. Hudson gets him. Throws his glove towards his teammates as they race out of the dugout. And the celebration begins for the Washington Nationals as they come together in a cluster on the infield. This improbable story 
from mid-May on as the Nationals overcame a dreadful start to the season, got hot, and just continued right on through the postseason. And for the first time ever, the Washington Nationals are World Series champions. Tell me you're not. Tell me you weren't at least a little bit emotionally connected because everybody was. And people can tell you all you want. Oh, I didn't give a damn about this World Series. It was Washington and Houston. Yeah, when you found out Washington won, you, a little part of you got excited, didn't it? I would say yes, it did. Okay, Steven Strasburg, the only pitcher in Major League history to go 5-0 and in his first five postseason starts. Wins, final, uh, wins World Series MVP after a career riddled with injuries and not still being good, but not living up to the expectations. The season that they let go of their supposed franchise savior in Bryce Harper, they find a new one in Anthony Rendon, and then another one in Juan Soto. Max Scherzer, the first guy they ever drafted, Ryan Zimmerman. The story is near perfect, and every single one of us Even if we're not baseball fans yesterday, we won last night. The sport of baseball won last night with the Nationals winning the World Series in Houston. Okay, now that I've gotten that out of the way, let's get to the other side of emotions here with Baker Mayfield. So I don't know about most people, but I like my quarterback to not only be skilled, but also a grown-up. Uh, The more I see Baker Mayfield, the more I think he's not a franchise quarterback. I'm sorry. Uh, People will say that most sports talk hosts like me dig on Baker and try to pull things. We spend hours on the internet trying to find dirt on Baker Mayfield like a troll. That's what we do. We, we, We go on his social media. And we try to pull things out of it. And we try to twist his words. And then we, we bring it up to him in a press conference. The problem is, we don't have to dig. He gives it to us front and center. We don't have to dig for anything. Any, everything, that, everything that happens, is it happens right in front of us. He got into it with a reporter the other day. And it just sounded like an immature tirade. And I understand that Baker and this reporter, uh, whatever it is, Tony Grassi or whatever his name is, might have a history. But you've got to do better than this when you're a quarterback. Here's how it sounded. It seemed like there was a lack of urgency there. Was something going on? There was a penalty, so we were negative yardage. No, but there was a lot of time between snaps. Uh, well, when the penalty happened, then we're the behind the chains. No, 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 stop saying but. I just told you the clock was running and we had a penalty. Do you want to give them the ball back? No, you don't play. You don't know it. That's just plain and simple. Was I happy with the drive? No, we didn't score points. It's the dumbest question you could ask. What? Jesus, Tony. Exit stage right, Baker Mayfield. He walked out of the press conference right there. Now, for the people that don't think this is a problem, let's take a look at another quarterback's response when a reporter challenges him. Deshaun Watson, who, by the way, is better than Baker, had a much different response when a reporter challenges him. Opportunity had in the game. 
Uh, I mean, you know what coverage they're playing? Well, you you said I'm, earlier. I'm, I'm just asking. I'm not. No, no, no. I, and that, I want. I want to. It's cover. It's cover four. Yeah. So what the the safeties are doing? They're playing deep, and they're guarding number two. Corners sink, and they trap two. And so what they're doing is keeping everything in front. The linebackers are playing anything across. Kiki is playing in the middle. He stops everything that crosses the middle. He jumps everything that. And the safeties are charging on number two. So if the safeties are playing low, then we can't take that. We have to hit double moves. Mm -hmm. We did the post because Reed stepped up on two with an out over the top. I didn't hit it. Same thing with hop. In route, safety jumped up. He went vertical. I didn't hit it. That was the only two. After that, they played back. Mm -hmm. Cover two, six, buzz, which is safety. Reed comes in between. Keekly, the outside linebacker, he plays deep. I got to get rid of the ball. Thank you. <laughs> what? what? <laughs> I don't know what he just said. Do you? <laughs> I have no idea. Buzz, covered three, six, 100. The safety's dropping. What? I have no idea what the hell he just said. But I, that's how a franchise quarterback handles things. Yes, he outsmarted a reporter. But Deshaun Watson didn't attack him. Didn't say, you don't play, you don't know. Deshaun Watson said, so wait, do you, do you know what coverage they were playing? And the reporter's like, no, 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 I'm just a, and And Watson's like, no, no, honestly, I'm asking you. Like, do you know what coverage they were playing? And the reporter said, no. And then he explains the coverage. And the reporter says, thank you, you're welcome. That's how you handle things. It's very simple. I, look, it's, it's not the same thing. What Baker did and what Deshaun Watson did are not the same thing. If you can't see it by now, I don't know what to tell you. Baker isn't treated unfairly. He gets asked the same questions all quarterbacks gets asked. And those are, after a game, he gets asked, situational questions about why did you do this on this play? Why did you do this at this point in the game? Deshaun Watson got asked that, and he broke down the entire defense. It went, sh it, it went viral. Our, uh, look, our own friend of the network, Jake Asman, who's now, who is at SB Nation Radio, I have him on all the time, asked him a question like that, and he did it again, and it went viral. That's the way that stuff works. But instead, Baker Mayfield will attack the guy and say, listen, we did this, but, but, and he's like, uh, stop, stop saying, but I'm already, I, I, I already told you that this is not, I'm like, Baker, at what point in your career will you finally get it? At what point will you finally get the fact that all of these things that, the media criticizes you for and all of that, all of that stuff. It's all drawn on by you. Okay? You don't have to, I, 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 I'm sitting here in my chair having a conniption because I don't understand. You listen to all of the successful quarterbacks in the NFL. Okay? Even the young guys that have had at least a little bit of success. Patrick Mahomes. You ever hear him attack a reporter? Deshaun Watson, you ever hear him attack a reporter? Veteran guys, Drew Brees, Tom Brady, do you ever hear him ever attack a reporter? I, 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 listen, franchise Andrew Luck, 
Have you ever, uh, Russell Wilson, have you ever heard them attack a reporter? No, you never have. Okay, the Browns, in my opinion, seriously need to sit down with Baker Mayfield and simply tell him to shut it. But Baker told you who he was before he was drafted, didn't he? Everything we thought he would be out of the draft was exactly right. They're 2-5, and five, and he's still running his mouth. Baker Mayfield leads the league in interceptions. He had three turnovers against New England. Well, two, and well he, the one. The two of them was by Nick Chubb. <laughs> he had one. Two of them was by Nick Chubb. Okay. And that one went, what, flipped, I think, what, bounced off his head, slipped off his hands, or whatever happened, and it went right to Cal Van Noy. Or well, Lawrence Guy, I think it was. He flipped it off of his own offensive lineman. Uh, yeah, well, Joel, yeah, Joel Petunia, like, ran into him or something like that. Yeah, well, like, that was, that was an odd turnover. <laughs> but we really... Uh, look, if you're going to tell me that I'm taking Baker Mayfield out of context, then explain to me why there aren't very many quarterbacks that have this problem. There aren't. You look at quarterbacks around the league. Lamar Jackson does not have this problem. Sam Darnold does not have this problem. You want to talk about guys that have a troubled past, right? Because Baker Mayfield does have that, but maybe not as troubled as some others. Jameis Winston has a way more troubled past than Baker Mayfield. Do we ever talk about how Jameis Winston treats the media? Do we ever talk about Jameis Winston being loud and annoying? No. Why? Because he just simply doesn't do it. In front of the media, he's mature. He may not be in real life. We may criticize him for what he does off the field, but we don't pull him out of context. We don't, we don't go after him the way we go after Baker Mayfield because he doesn't give us the material to. Baker, it is constantly a battle. I'm not reaching for things. Nobody in sports media is reaching for things about Baker Mayfield. He's giving it to us. Do you realize that the media on Baker Mayfield, we're never the aggressor in situations? It just came out of report. There was a fight in the NBA yesterday. Joel Embiid and Carl Anthony Towns got into it. Two really big, really good centers. And a report just came out that Carl Anthony Towns was, uh, was viewed as the aggressor in that situation. We were never the aggressor. The media weren't, we didn't cause the spat. A reporter asked him a question. That's exactly what happens. And I've given Bill Belichick and every, all of these, I've given them all flack. Because I don't think it's a fair point. I, I don't think it's fair to the reporter that's asking you a question. I'm not telling you that you have to answer all of your questions, but at least be respectful. Baker Mayfield makes God knows how many million dollars a year being a first overall pick, a quarterback in this league. He makes a ton of money, okay? The reporter that asked him the question makes a little bit more than I do, and I make chump change I guarantee you that the reporter that just asked him that question makes no more than what 60 grand a year I mean give me a break and you're gonna say that's the dumbest question I've ever heard and you wonder why we give you flack 
listen, I, I'm, I'm done with Baker. I'm done with him. I've never met the guy. I can't tell you who he is as a person. Personally, I can't. Because I've never met him. But I can tell you that I can, I can tell you what I would expect. He's probably a cool guy in person. I'll give him that. I'm sure he's a cool hang. He's a, he, that's, that's the kind of guy he is. But I want my franchise quarterback to be mature. I want my franchise quarterback to actually not do things like this. It seems simple enough, right? Handle situations like Deshaun Watson. Handle situations like Patrick Mahomes, where a reporter challenges you, and you challenge him. But you challenge him in a way that you're not attacking him. You know what the coverage they were playing? All right, let me explain it to you. It wasn't really a coverage, though. It was a penalty. He was talking about what the Grassi asked him about a penalty and, like, about the drive that was happening before the half. Oh, I know, I know and that. Was, and Baker was talking. Now, that kind of seems like a question you asked to a head coach. Like, what's your strategy going after a penalty before the half? Because... You know, again, maybe the Browns are thinking, okay, sure. we don't want to, we don't want to challenge this right now because we're already down. What were they down? Seventeen seven at half. Mm-hmm. So we don't want to like make a big play. We don't want to like try to go for a big play, and then maybe the Patriots get a turnover, and you know, and they get the ball back and they get more points. He was asking about a penalty, and I got the full transcript right here. He was asking about a penalty, and Baker said, "Well, we have negative yardage, uh, so the drive kind of ended." And Grossi kind of ended the press conference with, "Were you happy with that drive?" And that's where Baker kind of lost it. That's where Baker kind of lost it. No, Baker lost it before that. Baker lost it before that. Grossi said, after the block field goal at the end of the first half, two-minute drive seemed like there was a lack of urgency or there was something going on. He said there was a penalty. Baker said there was a penalty, so we were negative yardage. And then he asked if there – He said there was a lot of time between snaps. And he said, well, when the penalty happened, we were behind the chains. Saying again, like, hey, we're already in first and long, second and long. We can't really challenge. We can't really, you know, challenge and – you know, possibly getting right, but you all, right, but you also get a rush to the line, of course. and uh, Tony Grassi saying, "Yeah, but," uh, and you could tell the next question out of his mouth was going to be, "Yeah, but uh, you're still you're you're kind of crunching time a little bit." You know, why wasn't the urgency? And then Baker kind of is like, "No, no, no! That's I just he, told you that it was a penalty." It. That's where he loses it. That's yeah. where he loses it. He didn't lose it when Tony Grassi told uh, asked him. If he was happy with the drive, it was before that. But that's where, but Baker, but that's when he walked out, and that's when Baker. Right, said, and then Baker, Baker did. Baker did two things really wrong. Two things really, really wrong here. He did the first of all. He played. He did the uh, you never played thing. That's never and that's never something as an, when you're an athlete. And listen, I get it. Some I get it sometimes when an athlete says that because it's it is true. Hey, most most sports broadcasters don't play the sport, but don't play professionally. I should say. But that is not something you got. You play. That's never because that's never something you play. Mm-hmm. And then of course he walked out. You know. And then, of, then of course he walked out. That's he did. Those are the two big big things he did wrong. And he has to learn from that. I get it. He's frustrated. I get it. He's ticked off. The team is too. But he's got to do better. I get, I, he's got to do better than that. And I understand. I understand if there is things going on with him and Grassi. The Grassi is that Grassi once said that. He would retire if they draft if they drafted Baker Mayfield. Sure, yeah, that story. reporter and him might have history, yeah, but history. that's got to go out the window when you're a quarter when you're the franchise quarterback of a team. Understandable. It's got to go out the window. I mean, I'm pretty sure that I am certain because every quarterback has them. I'm certain that Deshaun Watson had critics in Houston. I'm not sure everybody loved him, and I'm sure that Deshaun Watson answers questions from the people that criticized him. 
And even Deshaun, and listen, even, actually, there's your two differences right there. I think both, Desha- if we, when you watch Deshaun, when he answers that question, he did look a little annoyed, like, really? You know, but then, sure, but he he's answer, allowed to be he annoyed answered, by a question. Answered, but he answered it like, oh, but then he, he, he answered, answered it he answered, like he answered, a professional. He, answered, he said, okay, let me answer. Baker, after a while, was like, oh, gosh, you know, uh, you know but, right. but the, he kind of that's he kind of lost it. Deshaun Baker kinda, handles Deshaun, himself like a kid, Deshaun kept and Deshaun cool. Deshaun Watson handles himself like an adult. And Desha- well, Deshaun just kept his cool. He seemed annoyed, but he kept his cool. Sure, Baker, Baker kind of. I'm not saying cool. you're and not again, allowed to be annoyed at a question. I you can be annoyed however you want. How do you project out? Right? How do you answer that question? Baker's gonna go. Baker's gonna answer the annoyed question as that's a really dumb question. Why would I answer that? And then he attacks the reporter. And then Deshaun Watson is going to be like, well, well, I mean, do you know what coverage they were playing? And then he explains to you why he made that decision. But I will say the and situations the situations were different. He was to- they were different in this sense. One was about penalty yardage and what the strategy was about going into the first the end of the first half and what they wanted to do. Where co- again, this could have been Freddie Kitchens coaching whatever. Right. The I understand the, the situations. The other one was actually splitting coverages. I, I, I understand that the situations were different, but. Have we ever heard Deshaun Watson attack a reporter? Ever? Have we ever heard anything like that? No, never. Because Deshaun Watson's mature. Deshaun Watson gets it. He's a franchise quarterback, and doing those kinds of things don't help. They don't help anybody. They don't help him. They don't help his team. They don't, know, they don't help anybody. So he gets it. All right. Coming up next, I read an article yesterday about coaches in the NFL that are on the hot seat. And he put that there are 12 of them, close, at least 12 of them. I'm going to tell you why that's way too many. That's the Haystack on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. You're, you're, you're listening to the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. You're, you're listening to the Haystack Show on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Good to have you back, Haystack Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Mike, Evan, here on a Thursday, a rainy, dark, depressing Thursday. And it's Halloween. And it's Halloween. Happy Halloween to you. Do you like how I dressed up, Evan? You dressed up as Aaron Boone. I dressed up as Aaron Boone. Long sleeve shirt. Long sleeve shirt. Yankee My Yankee hat. hat's right here. You need the jacket. You like the Yankee jacket. You know, gum. Yeah. Yeah. And the... Double fist, there you go. All right, uh, let's, let's get into this. I love when I read articles and I disagree with them because I can air it out here. A writer for CBS Sports named Patrick Walker published an article yesterday ranking coaches who are on the hot seat. He ranked them in DEFCONs. So there's DEFCON 5, DEFCON 4, DEFCON 3, and it goes on. It was actually very unique. It's too bad that, you know, I have to bury him for it. So in DEFCON 5, in DEFCON 5, these are the coaches that are, that are I guess in his words, these are coaches that are safe for now. He said, uh, he's got Jason Garrett, Mike Tomlin, and Cliff Kingsbury. Then in DEFCON 4 means danger is, appro- uh, is approaching. So these are the guys that... Aren't necessarily going to get fired yet, but watch out for it. Uh, He put Matt Nagy and Brian Flores here. Now in DEFCON 3, these are coaches that could get fired sooner rather than later. So then he put Vic Fangio, Pat Shermer, Zach Taylor, and Anthony Lynn. 
Then DEFCON 2 means expect these guys to get fired. He put Freddie Kitchens and Adam Gase there. And then DEFCON 1 is the definitely getting fired category. One coach was in it, and it was Dan Quinn. Okay. So let me break this down. There are already seven coaches that I think should be taken off regardless of the tier. Cliff Kingsbury, Mike Tomlin, Freddie Kitchens, Vic Fangio, Zach Taylor, Brian Flores, and Matt Nagy. Take them off the list. They're not on the hot seat. That's ridiculous. Okay. All of them, it's either too soon or they've shown you something that's been brilliant recently. I'll also say that Jason Garrett is probably safe. Also, as as much as I hate as much as I hate it because Jerry Jones likes him and he's he's won a lot of games in his career. He also could win the division again and that and that could keep Jason Garrett safe. So I would say take eight coaches out of this list right now, accurately. So that leaves four coaches on this list. Pat Shermer, Dak, uh, Dan Quinn, Adam Gase, and Anthony Lynn. Quinn, Lynn, and Shermer should all get fired after this year. And if Gase doesn't improve dramatically over the course of the year, he's gone too. But the thing is that that's, that's it. There aren't 12 coaches we should worry about. That's crazy. He included coaches who are good on this list. Cliff Kingsbury and Kyler Murray have looked progressively outstanding the last month or so. They were 0-3-1. They won three straight games and then lost to New Orleans. Why would you fire Cliff Kingsbury? He's doing a great job in Arizona. Okay, His system is working. Why would you fire him? Matt Nagy is one of the best offensive minds in the sport. Do we not see that Mitch Trubisky holds that offense back? I mean, come on. Brian Flores, the guy, the, the Dolphins are bad, but they play hard for him. Don't fire him yet. Zach Taylor, you're going to give him one shot with Andy Dalton and then fire him? Uh, uh, Freddie Kitchens, you've got to give him at least one more year with Baker Mayfield. Plus, you can't fire him and reclaim that franchise instability. You've got to keep Freddie Kitchens. Mike Tomlin, uh, fire him when Big Ben's gone. You got to keep Mike Tomlin around. Who are you going to hire that's better than Mike Tomlin? And then who was the other guy that I had on that list that shouldn't be going? Vic Fangio. You're going to give him one shot. Your defense is good. He's doing his job. You're you. You've got to get a new quarterback. That isn't Vic Fangio's problem. Why you're you're throwing names out there just to throw names out there, and it's crazy to me. Even coaches that I think are doing a good job, Matt Nagy and Cliff Kingsbury, are doing great jobs in the NFL. Why are we firing those guys? Because you needed to publish an article? I mean, it's insane to me. So let's, let's again, does, does this guy watch football, Evan? I mean, seriously. I think he's got, all right, Zach Taylor, no, no way. They just, Zach, you brought in Zach Taylor for, and. No, you, of course you, not. You had Andy Dalton. New work, new co- new rookie coach. At least give him a chance with a quarterback he wants. Yeah, so no, no, no way. Uh, Anthony Lynn, absolutely. Oh, he's absolutely. Oh on the no, hot seat. I agree he's with you. I, I think, like I said, the four coaches that should be are Adam Gase, Pat Shermer, Dan Quinn, and Anthony Lynn. 
Oh yeah, that, absolutely. I, Those I are the agree. guys that should be. I would agree. Even 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 Adam Gase, I, I would agree. Especially especially if Sam Darnold doesn't show any progression. I mean, hey, two two good games, two bad games. It's it's fifty right. fifty right now. Adam so. Gase is the only first year head coach that I'm questionable about. Well, again, it all comes down to Darnold's progression, and if if Darnold progresses throughout the year, then I think Gase, Gase stays around. If but if even not, that's going to be tough because that would be Darnold's third head coach in three years. That's that's also a problem. Yes, you Dan, know what I mean. So that's Dan Quinn. Dan yeah, Quinn's as good as gone. Yeah. He's his. He already doesn't have a job. Yeah, Matt Matt Nagy, no way. No, no, not not in, not after his second year. Not after his second year. And I know. And he was of, brilliant last year. That that's why that's what confuses me because Nagy was so great last year, and so was Trubisky. Trubisky's struggling right now. And honestly, Nagy, I've I've been. I I don't really think Nagy's doing that good of a job right now. I know I know a lot a lot of the yeah, fire him. No, Matt not Nagy's fire. A, not, not Matt fire Nagy's him. a brilliant not offensive guy. Not fire him, but I. I don't, I don't think he's doing a good job this year, but definitely don't fire. He's only in year two. You can't – like the Chicago Bears have been through coach after coach after coach throughout the years. Lovey Smith was really the one time they had in the last several years, really the last decade where they had stability at coach. Right. You know, since then they've had, what, Mark Tressman, Nagy, and um, – what's the coach in between Matt Nagy? Uh, oh, didn't they have John Fox? No. Yeah, it was John Fox. It was John Fox, right. It was John, right. Fox. It was John Fox. Pat Shermer, yes. Yeah. I, th- I think the time has come for Pat. And again, again, that's a little very Sam Donald-like because that would be Daniel Jones' second coach in two years. But I think the Giants need a lot better than – the Giants need someone a lot better than Pat Shermer. I didn't like that hire from the, from the get-go. They need someone a lot better. Brian Flores, I – it's unfair because he's got no talent around him, you know, and they're looking for a new quarterback. I could see it. I could see this being very Arizona Cardinals-like one year and he's done. I could see it. You know, I don't know. I can they play it. hard for him, though. They do play hard for him. They play hard for him. The players like him. I don't know why he would let him go Tomlin's right now. Tomlin's getting a mulligan this year. Kingsbury, no way should he be in the conversation. And your guy, Jason Garrett? Probably not. Nope. As much yeah. as I'd like him to be, I'm sure he isn't. <laughs> hey, again, you're 4-3, and, you're, I mean, and you could win your division for the fourth time in six years. Now, the only thing that could keep Jason Garrett's job from being secure is if Jerry Jones has high expectations and, he, and if they make the playoffs, wants the Super Bowl. But and I feel they, like every get, year. If they get bounced in the first round, maybe that will do it. Maybe Jerry Jones will say, okay, we got we got to find a coach that's going to get me to the Super Bowl. It's it's just it's annoying to me because you get all of these. It's every year we talk about coaches on the hot seat. It's ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous. Okay, four coaches should be on it. Anthony Lynn, Dan Quinn, Pat Shermer, Adam Gase. That's it. That's Dan, all you've got. Dan Quinn, Anthony Lynn, I think are really the two guarantees. The two teams that came into the yeah, year with high expectations. Yeah, they're guaranteed to be on it without two, doubt. Two, two, two teams that came into the year with high expectations. Falcons looking to bounce back. Chargers looking to build off of last year. And they're both 2-5. and five. Oh, no, one's 2-5 and five, and the other one's 1-6. One and six Right. With, with right. disappointing filled seasons. Uh, it's just so. crazy. All right. Let's go to the news. Interim Big J journalist Evan Mazza here on a Thursday Monica's not here to say it's Friday Junior. I know, it's not Friday Junior at all, but it is Friday Junior, and it's also Halloween, so happy Halloween to you all out there, and happy Halloween to the Washington Nationals. You are the 2019 World Series champions for the first time in franchise history, for the first time in also in Expos Nationals history, first time ever world champions. Right. What a ride. Hey, I'm a Mets fan. I'm a Mets fan, but kudos. Kudos to you guys. What a journey! What a ride! What a magic! What a magic ride! A team that pulled together, a team that uh, never quit, 
you knew it, even though they were da- they were down two nothing last night, but you knew they hung. But you you just had the feeling that they were going to come back and still win this game because they hung around, they hung around, they battled. Scherzer right. was Scherzer was um. What more can you say about Max Scherzer? Yeah, he didn't have his best stuff. So what? The guy went out there, gave you five innings, kept you in the game. Juan Soto made some made a nice defensive play uh, in the bottom of the second and the third inning. I was honestly way more impressed with Patrick Corbin. Corbin was great. No, Patrick Corbin, was, Corbin great. was fantastic. Corbin was great. Soto got you a big hit, the big hit. Rendon got you a big. You could have made a case Rendon and Soto, or Soto could have been the World Series MVP. They gave it to Strasburg. Absolutely great decision. He was fantastic. Just a magic ride that ended in a World Championship. This was not the 2015 Mets because it ended no. in a World Title. Crazy, crazy, and and like I said. I've been saying this for a while. The Nationals just felt different, and we were right. We were right. There was something different about them. Every team they played in the playoffs was more talented than they were, and they beat them all. They beat them all. They they were not better than the Dodgers. They were not better than the Cardinals. They were not better than the Astros. Maybe Milwaukee they were better than? They might have been better than Milwaukee, but for one game, they got Milwaukee. In the series, though, the teams they played in all of the – uh, in the real series is outside of the wild card game. I think that was they they were not as talented as all of those teams and they and they got on both of them. Yeah. And again, it. we get a great story because the first time in sports history that a ro- that the road team has won every game every in the series. Single game. And uh, in May, again, where this team was in May, and I was I was at the Mets series in May when the Nationals with the Nationals and the Mets swept them. And I'll, you walked out of that game watching the Nationals like, yeah, this team is in total rebuild. David Martinez, there's no way he keeps his job. Anthony Rendon, gone. He's going to be traded. Strasburg, gone. Going to be traded. Maybe Scherzer, maybe. I, 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 there was just, you, I walked out of that game. It's like, yeah, there's just so many questions with the Nationals right now. Who knows, who knows with them? And for them to turn this season around, being where they were in May to now World Series champions, you can't make it up. And, it's, and again, it's very like the St. Louis Blues in hockey. St. Louis Blues had the worst record. Right. Were one of the worst teams in the NHL back in January. Right. Got red hot at the right time and became Stanley Cup champions. It's sports. It's there sports. It is. What a story. What there a story. There it is. That's what we love. Uh, so speaking of the World Series on the other side of the coin, the Houston Astros. We talked about it yesterday. The legacy for them was on the line yesterday. Uh, if they won, that's if they would have won, that's two titles in three years. They've now made three ALCS appearances, two t- two World Series appearances, with one to show for it. Where did the Astros go from here? I think that's the question we have to ask. Garrett Cole's a free agent. Seems like seems like to me he's out the door. Uh, yeah, he's, de- he's definitely gone after the reaction he had yesterday. Yeah, I. I think he's 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 out. Yeah, he's done. Verlander's a year older. Granke obviously was fantastic throughout the postseason. Fantastic these last couple of games. This team this team was not going to go away even if they lose Garrett Cole. This team I think this team is not going to go away. This no, team will still be one of the top tier teams. They'll the find NFL. a way. They'll get. They might not grab uh, Garrett Cole, but they'll get Zach Wheeler or you know any of this, one of these other starters in free agency, whatever it is. Um, and again, they still have that incredibly strong lineup. This is still a good baseball team. Uh, but like I said, now they're losing Garrett Cole. They've got to find somebody to they have to find somebody to replace him. Whether it's Zach Wheeler or uh, Dallas Keuchel. I mean, Maybe they bring Keuchel back. Bring I mean, back. I don't know. 
Bumgarner. Yeah, of course. Bumgarner would be the guy they bring They bring in. I mean, I'm just, nice. as a reasonable replacement for, for Scherzer, I mean, for uh, Garrett Cole, a guy like Bumgarner would really do the job if the Astros want. And plus, the Astros could use another, a lefty in that in that rotation. And oh, Bumgarner, yeah. I think, would be great. Oh, sure. They could also use a lefty in that bullpen. I know the Astros got by with Myers and got by with no lefty in the pen. They could use a lefty in the pen. Uh, so speaking of Garrett Cole, we'll get to him. After the game, he said uh, he actually was wearing a Scott Boris uh, ball cap. And he said, I'm not employed by the team. I guess as a representative of myself and placed himself in front of a group of reporters. Uh, he said, a lot of good friendships. Uh, obviously, I learned a lot about pitching from my teammates, from the pitching coaches and pitching staff. I learned a lot about the game from, ma- from manager A.J. Hinch. And it was just a pleasure to play in the city of Houston. So, I definitely think, I definitely think it sounds like a guy who knows he's out the door. And it sounds like he's going to, and as we know, he's going to get paid. Yeah. He, he knows darn well he's in for, for a nice contract coming up. And whoever, whoever signs him is getting... They getting the Cy Young Award winner this season, and he's going to get one of the best pitchers in baseball. And he's and he's young. Yeah, he's young. I'm really curious to see how he does in another place without Brent Strom as his pitching coach. I wonder if he's the same pitcher. I do. I wonder if he's the same guy. He's young enough. He's got the stuff. He's going to get a ton of money. But I'm really curious about this. I am. He's a top tier starter. But is he a top-tier starter in Houston? We'll see. Maybe he's got the Charlie Morton effect. Charlie Morton stayed good when he left Houston. So, you never know. I'm very curious. I think the... I've heard the Angels are going to be so heavily in on him. Uh, I've heard the Dodgers are going to be in on him pretty uh, pretty heavily. I know the Yankees are going are gonna to pursue him pretty good. But, I don't know. We'll see. I can we'll see. see. I want to see what kind of pitcher he is after he leaves Houston. I can see the Angels going for him. Obviously, you steal him from a division rival. They did the same thing with they did the same thing with uh, with uh, CJ Wilson, you know, stealing him from the Rangers. Did the same thing with Josh Hamilton stealing him from the Rangers. The Angels have done it before, taking guys from division rivals and giving them big money. Uh, they hired Joe Madden, so you're obviously in win now mode. You've you've shown your win now win now mode. You've paid Mike Trout. You're trying to win getting Garrett Cole and you need pitching in the worst way your your offense is pretty good overall even with an aging out of pool holes but what the Angels need is pitching the Angels make a ton of sense to get Garrett Cole and the Dodgers hey the Dodgers have proven you know they're not going to go away they're not going to even with their even with their letdowns they're not going to go away they're looking at Francisco Lindor that would be one blockbuster trade getting Garrett Cole to maybe compliment Kershaw maybe take a little bit of pressure off him they might lose Ryu so Makes a lot of sense for the Dodgers, and of course, for starting the pitching market's good. And of course, for the Yankees, Strasburg, Cole, Ryu, Bumgarner, Keuchel. There are a lot of starters out there. Wheeler for the for the Yankees. Write the check. Na- write that check. I don't care if he. I think Tyler. I think Tyler expressed it yesterday. I agree with him. Write that check. I don't care how much. He, I don't care how Blank much it's going to cost you. Slide it across. You the need table. an ace. The one thing that's the Yankees need. Timely, good timely hitting. Good guys who get timely hitting, and they got guys like that in DJ LeMahieu. Build, build maybe more around that. Hopefully, get a healthy John Call stand for a lot for a lot next year. He's got a lot of pressure on him. But for the Yankees, number one pitching ace, ace, yeah. ace. Garrett yeah. Cole, go get that guy. Open right. the check. Go get him. Because if you do, I think that puts you over the top of the World Series. And, and you build an offense, maybe more so with guys who get on base, guys who get base hits, guys who are more like DJ LeMahieu. The Yankees, could, the Yankees could be the very could be the odds-on favorites to go to the to go to the World Series and win it all next year, and it all starts with getting Garrett Cole. Yeah, I'm 
very uh, I'm very interested to see how it plays out this offseason. It's going to be a very interesting offseason. All right. That's the news. Interim Big J journalist Evan Mazza here on a Thursday. Nationals, they're World, uh, World Series champs. Crazy. I, I never would have even guessed at the beginning of the year that the Nationals would have won the World Series. Say that never. again. Say that again. The, the Nationals are World, World Series, Series champs. champions. Absolutely crazy. All right. Uh, coming up next, hour number two, it's noon. We play buy or sell every Thursday. That's coming up next, the Haystack on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. It's the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Worldwide Sports Radio presents the, 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 the Haystack Show with Mike Guido. Hour two. It's great to have you back. Happy Halloween. It's the Haystack and the Worldwide Sports Radio Network, iHeartRadio, TuneIn Radio, WorldWideSportsRadio.com. It's Haystackoween, Evan. Lame. <laughs> Haystackoween. Haystackoween. That's that's like that's like a lot. Like we gotta like shorten that up, baby. Halloween. <laughs> it seems like a, it sounds like I'm calling somebody named Halloween. Hey, Halloween. Hey, Lloyd. All right, uh, buy or sell, we do it every Thursday. I usually do it later, but I got a surprise for you coming up at the end of the show. So, uh, buy or sell, here we go. Evan, let's do it. So, buy or sell from Game 7 of the World Series last night. Uh, buy or sell, A.J. Hinch made the right move, taking out Zach Greinke after the home run Anthony Rendon. Buy or sell. Yeah, yeah, that was, that was the right move. It buy, was the buy, right buy. move. Uh, look, I, I buy that because, listen... We, managing is one of the hardest jobs to do when you're making your gut feeling. First of all, I don't think he made that decision by himself. I think he was analytically driven. I also do believe that it was a fluke situation to the point of, you know, you've got Zach Granke who's pitching great in the game, but you went to a reliever you trusted. Will Harris was dominating the entire postseason. And Will Harris kind of gave the game away. And I get that. It's just, it happens. That's postseason baseball. That's baseball, Susan. I mean, I don't know what to tell you. So, yeah, I buy that. A.J. Hinch did make the right decision. But it's impossible to tell. It really is. It's impossible to tell. Buy or sell. Again, Game 7 of the World Series. Juan Soto had a fantastic World Series and a fantastic postseason. Buy or sell. Juan Soto is already a better postseason player in one postseason than Bryce Harper. Yes, he is. Buy, buy, buy. buy that. Juan Soto was incredible this postseason. I already think Juan Soto, Juan Soto is a better player than Bryce Harper. Uh, some people think that that's nuts, but I, I, I am all in on Juan Soto, man. He's 21 years old. He literally just turned 21 a few days ago. And he's already this good? I buy that 100%. He's, he is a better postseason player than Bryce Harper. Buy or sell again on Game 7. The Astros. Garrett Cole should have been in before the ninth inning. Buy or sell? Uh, no. I sell that. because Sell, sell, sell. My thing is, is that it, I, I understand where people are coming from, but the game kind of got away from the Astros before they were able to use Garrett Cole. I would say... Uh, Stick with your... I think A.J. Hinch made the right moves. 
stick with your bullpen until you can lock it down with Garrett Cole. I wouldn't use Garrett Cole in an unnecessary situation. So, no, I'm going to sell that. I think they... A.J. Hinch made a lot of decisions yesterday, but I think most of them were right. Fire sell going on NFL trade deadline, the upcoming saga with A.J. Green and the Cincinnati Bengals. They are apparently reports are they're far apart on contract extensions after A.J. Green said, give me an extension. A.J. Green uh, said he wanted either an extension or his release. So buy or sell, the Cincinnati Bengals should give him a contract extension. No, sell. They shouldn't. Uh, the Bengals should let A.J. Green go because I don't think that, that having that money on your books does not help you going forward. A.J. Green is an aging wide receiver. By the time you get any good, he, he's going to be aged out in a bad contract. Uh, I don't I don't think it's a good move to keep him. I thought they should have traded him. Uh, I don't know why they didn't trade him, get something for him. But, yeah, I think the move is to let him walk. You can't have that contract on your books. A.J. Green's going to be a high-paid wide receiver. You don't want that contract, especially if you're as terrible of a team as the Cincinnati Bengals are, yeah. Sell, sell, sell. So, yeah, sell that. So, A.J. Green, if they don't get the contract, he will be he will be released, or he'll hit the, and he'll hit the free agent market. So, buy or sell. The top contender for A.J. Green in free agency this upcoming offseason will be a team in the NFC. Uh, yeah, I'll buy that. New Orleans, uh, Green Bay, uh, I would like to say Dallas, but I don't think so. San Francisco will be in on him. I think Seattle will be in on him. Uh, you never know. I mean, a team like Carolina, Carolina seems to be in the mix for every player that comes out of the market, so I would expect him to be, uh, for them to be in on A.J. Green as well. So, yeah, I'm going to say buy that. It'll probably be an NFC team that he goes to, yes. Because I don't, I don't know, AFC team, I don't know. Who, where would he go? Indianapolis? I mean, Indy, would he go to... Indy, Jacksonville, Jacksonville, Buffalo, maybe, okay. Buffalo. Buffalo, yeah, you know what? Buffalo could do it. I, I still think it'll be an NFC team, but yeah, there Pittsburgh? are some AFC fits. What about Pittsburgh? I mean, you you, you pair him up with Juju. With Juju Smith-Schuster? You, you pair him up with Juju. I don't know, they draft they, wide receivers really well. Do. I don't think they, they need to pay do. one right now, no. They, they do, very well. Uh, buy or sell. So, last night Steph Curry suffered a broken hand in their in their team's loss last night to the Phoenix Suns. So, buy or sell with with Steph Curry's broken hand and Clay out for the year and Durant leaving free agency. The Warriors season is over. Uh, sell, but it's a light sell, 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 sell because I I wouldn't I wouldn't say that it's over because it's really early, but. Yeah, Steph Curry hurting his hand. How long is he going to be out? It's a broken hand. Um, it's probably going to be a, at least a month, right? At least. I mean, that's they're having a tough time with Steph Curry. So, I don't know. I would, I would bet, I would bet it's, it's got to be pretty close to overall. I won't say that it is because it's, it's early, but. It's it's getting pretty close. It's getting pretty close. They they're not talented, Evan. They're not. It is Steph Curry, D'Angelo Russell, who isn't fitting the way that they thought he would. Draymond Green, and then it's a bunch of nobodies. Well, we're gonna find out the recovery timeline pretty soon. 
still uh, so the time the timeline right now is unknown for Steph Curry. So we're gonna find out pretty soon. If he's out a while, that might that might be it for them because they need him desperately. Uh, so today, earlier today, the St. Louis Cardinals former manager Mike Matheny is now the new manager of the Kansas City Royals. So buy or sell. Like the move for you like the move for Kansas City hiring Mike Matheny. Buy or sell. Yeah, I buy that. Why not? I mean, look, buy, Mike, buy, buy. Mike Matheny's been out of the game for a while, but not for too long. So I don't think it'll kill him. And truthfully, I they Kansas City was going to have a rough time, I think, replacing a manager that was as good as Ned Yost. And Mike Matheny could be as good as Ned Yost. Yeah, why not? Create a good culture in 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 Kansas City. Mike Matheny's that kind of a guy. He's a smart manager. Yeah, I buy that. That's a great move. So buy or sell. Garrett Cole is free agency. He's coming up. Buy or sell. Garrett Cole will be signed by will be signed by a team that we're not talking about right now, by a mystery team. It's the Dodgers, the Angels, the Yankees, maybe the Cubs. So buy or sell that Garrett Cole will be signed by a mystery team that we're not talking about. So I, I think he's gonna I, he's he's gonna sign with somebody that we're all expecting because I I think the teams that are in on him have made it really really clear. I, I don't I don't think it's gonna be a surprise who he signs with, and I think he signs. He'll be one of those later signs. It'll be a really su- uh, suspenseful sign, but we'll 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 see. We'll see. Garrett Cole will sign with. Uh, he will sign with a team. I think that we expect. Go to tonight's game, Thursday Night Football, Cardinals, Cardinals 49ers, big one in the NFC West tonight. Buy or sell, Kyler Murray throws for over 200, Cardinals at home, buy or sell, Kyler Murray throws for over 270 yards and two touchdowns tonight against that tough 49ers defense. I'm going to sell that. I don't think Kyler Murray gets there. I think Kyler Murray's going to struggle to get to 200 yards. He's going to be facing a lot of pressure tonight. That's a great 49ers defensive line. And that offensive line for the Cardinals is putrid. So I'm gonna I'm gonna sell that. Kyler Murray's not gonna have a lot of time. He doesn't have a ton of developed receivers right now. I'm not in love with them right now. I'm not in love with this matchup. So I think Kyler Murray does struggle a little bit tonight. Uh, so I will sell that. He doesn't reach the 270 or two touchdowns. I think he gets he gets closer to like 160, one touchdown, and one or two picks. Buy or sell, Teddy Bridgewater will be the starting quarterback for another NFL team next season. Yeah, I think so. Bye, bye, bye. I think so. And and I here's my thing about that. The only way he wouldn't be a starter is if he wants to stay in New Orleans. But if somebody offers him pretty serious money to be their starting quarterback, he's going to go there. Whether it's Miami, whether it's uh, the Bears, whether it's... Uh, God, maybe Minnesota brings him back. I, I have no idea. But I think he's going to be... He will be a starting quarterback next year for some team. I just don't know who. Somebody's going to give him the money. Somebody's going to give him $23 million, and he's going to be like, done. I'm in. Buy or sell. With the Nationals' upcoming free agency with Anthony Rendon and Steven Strasburg... And I'll I'll even throw in Scherzer's health. Who knows who knows what the true extent of Scherzer's health is for next season. Buy or sell the Washington Nationals. It's really really early. We're only a day in. The Washington Nationals will return to the postseason next year. Buy or sell. 
That is really tough. I th- we all expect the Astros to be back. That's in the so next tough. Year. I think the the Nationals might the Nationals is kind of a question mark with their free agents with their free agents and what's the extent of I don't injury. think they do. I'm going to sell that. And it, I, sell, sell, sell. Uh, right now and everything, uh, obviously things can change. Extremely early. But it looks like they're not going to be able to improve. It looks like they're going to they're going to lose guys. They could lose Steven Strasburg and they can lose Anthony Rendon, and that's really going to hurt. That's really going to hurt them. So. I think it's gonna be. I think it's gonna be tough. I, it would. It is gonna be tough. I think the Phillies are gonna try and get better. I think Atlanta's gonna get a year, uh, another year of experience. They're gonna get better. Uh, believe it or not, I actually think the Mets will probably get a little better. I mean, I, the Nationals are gonna. The Nationals are gonna be hard pressed. It's gonna be the same as all as as this year. It's gonna be a hard press for the playoffs. They're they'll be good still, but. I, I, I think that they could actually digress because they might lose some guys. That's the way it looks now. Again, everything can change, and I'm on a Nationals high right now, so I think it's hard for me to bash them a little bit. I wouldn't call it bashing, but it's hard for me to not give them, you know, automatic like an automatic playoff bid, but I don't know. We'll see. Well, it's definitely, it's definitely fair to look at because, again, the Astros, we look at the Astros – as a, we look at the Astros and we say, yeah, we expect them to be back. We, you know, there's, there's, yeah, they might lose Garrett Cole, but we expect them to be back. And right. Be the well, we, they're going to be in this thing. The Nationals, yeah. Rendon, Strasburg, the extent of Scherzer's injury, again, a tough NL, a tough NL East. You know, they expect the Phillies are going to be better. They got Girardi, big move. The Braves will be better. There's the Braves are the defending East champions. I mean, hey, the Mets finished the season great last year. Uh, this past season, who knows who the manager's going to be? Who knows what they're going to do in the off season? But definitely the question for the Nationals. So we'll go to the Astros for a second. This season, they finished the AL West uh, winning the division by 10 games over the Oakland A's. So buy or sell, they'll have some competition from the AL West from either the A's, maybe the Angels get better, but they'll have some competition from oh, the AL yeah. West. I mean, the A's won 97 games, and they still finished I 10 games. I don't five. think I, – I, I'm going to buy that because I don't think that – Buy, buy, buy! I don't think the Astros are going to dominate the AL West like they did this past year. You know, I think Oakland is going to get better. They're going to they're going to sign some guys that I think is going to that are going to put them in a pretty good position. And again, I think that now with Joe Madden there and with the money that they're trying to spend, maybe they get Garrett Cole, maybe they grab another bat. You know, I I think their focus is going to be on pitching, but we'll see. I think the Angels are going to be better too. I mean, you can't rule out any team with Mike Trout. You just can't. So I, I don't think the Astros are going to run with, run away with the division. They could still win it. It's very possible they could still win it, obviously. But I don't think they run away with it like they did this year, no. It will not be like a 15-game lead in first place. It just won't be. So buy or sell again, World Series next year. Are we looking at another underdog surprising all of us next year to win the World Series again? Or will it be back to a favorite? Jesus, you're really challenging me today. I'm going Jeez, for it, man. I'm man. going for it. I'm, I'm going to challenge How am I supposed to know? I mean, I'm going to, I'll, uh. I'm going to ask the tough questions all by ourselves. No, I'll sell it. Somebody sell, really sell. good's going to win the World Series next year, whether it's the Yankees or the Dodgers or whoever. Somebody really good's going to win the World Series next year. Cubs. Uh, see, we've kind of gone like. Like Cubs, Astros, Red Sox, Nationals now. So it's kind of been like, like underdog, underdog. Uh, so okay, yeah. So underdog, 
great team, great team, underdog. I think we're back to great team next year. Buy or sell. Go back to the NFL. Buy or sell. We, wrote, we talked about that. We talked about that firing uh, list. That list of guys on the hot seat. Yeah, ridiculous. Buy or sell the twelve guys. So buy or sell. More, at least three of those guys on that list will be fired at the end of the season. Buy or sell. Yeah, buy. I think Pat Shermer. Bye, bye, bye. Pat Shermer definitely gets fired. Dan Quinn definitely gets fired, and I think Anthony Lynn will get fired. Uh, all three of those guys will definitely get fired. Adam Gase, I still think, is up in the air. But those three guys will definitely be gone. All right. I know our picks are tomorrow. I know our picks are tomorrow. But I want to put a spoiler right now. Buy or sell. The Miami Dolphins get their first win on Sunday over the New York Jets in Miami. He's got to really think about this one. Oh, I don't know. No. I will say no, they do not. They do not. I think the Jets have to bounce back at some point. I don't think the Dolphins are going to have Xavier and Howard. I don't know. I think the Jets win that one. It's got to be a bounce back game for the Jets. By the way, I'll say this. If the Jets lose to Miami in Miami, fire Adam Gase on Monday. Fire him on Monday. Everything, everything comes, everything comes crashing down if they if they lose the Sonic to the Dolphins. Yep, it all comes crashing down. Yep, pretty much. And yep. Yeah, I don't know if they would fire Adam Gase after this, but it certainly makes it harder for him. And then so hire Lincoln up. Riley. Well, that's your guy. <laughs> Lincoln Riley would be certainly interesting. I mean, you want an innovative offensive college mind, but you know what? He wouldn't leave Oklahoma for the Jets, though. Well, you just he gave would me, not you leave just, Oklahoma. You just gave me an idea. Buy or sell? Lincoln Riley will be an NFL head coach next season. Sell won't happen. Sell, sell, sell. I think he's going to stay at Oklahoma for a couple more years until he comes to the NFL. His gig at Oklahoma is too good. His gig at Oklahoma is too good. He's Buy- making a ton of money. Everybody loves him. I mean. His gig at Oklahoma is too good. Lincoln Riley is going to be... Lincoln Riley is uh, set. I think it's going to be a couple years before he goes. Buy or sell. Jim Harbaugh will be an NFL head coach next season. No. I don't think think Michigan fires him. I don't think Michigan fires him, so I think he's going to be at Michigan next year. Buy or sell. Steven Strasburg will be an will be a team's X factor. No, I'm sorry. Buy or sell. Steven Strasburg will be a San Diego Padre next season. He goes back home to San Diego. Sell. I don't think so. Sell, sell, sell. I don't think it happens. I think it could, but I don't think it happens. Padres are already spending big money on Machado and Hosmer. I, I don't think they're they're gonna give. Strasburg is another super mega contract. They're not that kind of team. All right, give me one more. Make it good. Okay. All right. We're going to go to the Los Angeles Lakers. Your guys, your team. 
No, I'm kidding. Uh, your, team, your team's the Cavaliers. Your team's the Cavaliers. Goodbye. Uh, LeBron James said Anthony Davis is one of the best power forwards I've ever played with. Buy or sell. Buy or sell. Anthony Davis is, ta- is, da- is going to take over as the leading role of the Los Angeles Lakers as the season goes along. Buy. I'll buy that. I think he already has. Buy, buy, buy. He dropped 40 and 20 the other night. He dropped 40 and 20 the other night. I think he already is kind of taking over the lead role. You're seeing LeBron pass the ball more. He's averaging 10 assists a game. And Anthony Davis has taken over the primary scoring role. He's been the guy featured in the offense. It's been exactly what LeBron told us. I think he already is. So, yeah, I buy that. All right, that's buy or sell. Play it every Thursday on this Halloween. Did it a little earlier today because I have a surprise for you coming up. Uh, at the end of the show today before 2 o'clock. All right, coming up next, Thursday Night Football, Niners, Cardinals. We'll discuss next. Haystack, Worldwide Sports Radio Network. You're you're, you're listening to the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. You're you're listening to the Haystack Show on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Good to have you back. Haystack, Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Mike, Evan, here on a Thursday, Halloween today. You know, I, let me. I, I hate to be. Uh, I hate to be like a mood killer here, Evan. But Halloween is like one of my least favorite holidays. It is. I'm sorry. Eh, same. It just is. Eh, same. Not really the biggest. Not really the biggest Halloween. But I think I went. I dressed up today as Aaron Boone. <laughs> there you go. That's that's the effort I put into my costume this year. I stopped trick or treating when I was like seven or something like that. Like that was like kind of like. Where I stopped seven or eight years old. That's like, young. Yeah, really? I know. I know. That's a little. It's just like again. I never really like. I never really like. Are you a candy guy? Like you into candy? M and M's and Reese's peanut butter cups. But that's pretty much it. Maybe a Hershey chocolate bar, but really M and M's and Reese's peanut butter cups. But you're not really that into candy. Not really. Wow. Not really. And like I was like I really never like like I never like embraced the Halloween spirit as a kid. You know, looking back, maybe I wish I kind of did, but like, yeah. I never. I, don't, I only have M and M's and Reese's peanut butter cups. That's that's yeah, like my I'm, top. That's like my top tier yeah, candy. I, I, I I'm not into. I'm not huge into candy either. But also a hot take. I like candy corn. You're weird. I am very. I love. Weird. I love candy corn. I actually like candy corn a lot. So you don't like candy, but you like candy corn. I like candy corn. You're weird. I'm not that big into you're, candy. You're a weird. You're not, you're a weirdo. Do you like candy corn? Or you no. Candy? Ew. Candy corn's gross. It's actually like a thing that you're not supposed to like candy corn. I know. It's I've, a decoration. It's not supposed to be something that you like. But I found myself liking it. I found myself as a kid. As a kid, I found myself liking it. Lord. One of, the right. few, one of the few people who did. Thursday night football is tonight. The Niners head to Arizona to play the Cardinals. Uh, Niners are 10.5-point favorites. I like for, uh, the 49ers tonight. Uh, this is not where the Niners get their first loss. I know some people think it's an attractive game to look at. But let me tell you something. It's just going to be a huge mismatch. It is. Uh, that Cardinal offensive line is so bad, and that front seven, front six for the 49ers might be the best in the NFL. So uh, it's going to be a rough night for Kyler Murray. And this is going to be really a true test. Can Kyler Murray escape the pressure coming from those linebackers, from that defensive line, because, again, Nick Bosa and D. Ford are fast pass rushers. 
So we can look at this and say that the matchup is bad, but also look at can Kyler Murray successfully escape the pressure? I think that's going to be an interesting watch. Uh, So Niners and Cardinals tonight. I like the Niners tonight. Uh, I am going to take San Francisco. I'll say... I'll say 27-16 over the Cardinals. What do you think, Evan? Yeah, I'm not going to say it's going to be a blowout. I definitely think San Francisco is going to win this game probably around that 20-27 or 24, something like that, to, to, to 13 or 24-16, 27-16. They're just too good right now. The, the, the 40, and there's also a division rival. You know they know each other. They're going to play each other tough. No David Johnson again this week. No Trace Edmonds. Kenyon Drake will be their running back this week. Um the offensive lines, the offensive lines issue for the Cardinals. Kyler Murray, unfortunately, might be might be running around a lot. He's going to be running, about, Kingsbury, running around a lot. Is Kingsbury is going to be ha- is going to have to? I'm very interested to see what Kingsbury. This will be an interesting game to watch, coaching wise. Young up and young rookie head coach, innovative offensive mind, Cliff Kingsbury yeah. against one of the better coaches in the league right now, Kyle Shanahan, and yeah. what he's been able to do with this offense. Uh, this will be interesting to watch and how they how they counter each other in terms of their in terms of these offenses. Yeah. How does so? How does Cliff Kingsbury counter uh, this Niners defense, this Niners pass rush, and get the ball out quickly for Kyler Murray. You know, you've got to kind of keep this in mind, too. The NFC West is full of really good young coaches. Sean McVay, Kyle Shanahan, Cliff Kingsbury now, and then obviously there's Pete Carroll, but there's, there's a lot of good coaches in that division, and... I, I, you brought up a good point. I'm really interested to see how schematically this game is going to work. What is Cliff Kingsbury going to? Because Cliff Kingsbury's not stupid. He knows what kind of matchup he's going into. I'd love to see what his mind, uh, where his mind is going to take him, scheming against this Niners defense. Because this is one of the better defenses in the league. A great pass rush. How can he scheme around that? I'm expecting a lot of balls going out quick. I'm expecting a lot of screen passes i'm i'm expecting a lot of pops over the defense uh i like i that's what i'm expecting cliff kingsbury to do is kyler murray's a short guy he's got to kind of take advantage of his quickness to get through this game like i said i don't think it'll be a blowout i think the first half is going to be incredibly close you know this is going to be a like a 9 to 6 game after the first half the cardinals might even lead after the first half They're it's at home. just it's just I think the Niners late will pull away and take control of the game. They're the better football team. I think they're the second best team in the NFC. So again, it's it's going to be interesting to see what Kyler Murray does, uh, what Kyle Shanahan does to scheme against them as well. It should be interesting. But I am taking the Niners tonight. Mm-hmm. What's uh, the spread? What's the spread for this game? It's ten and a half in favor of the Niners. Minus ten and a half. I'm stay. I would stay away from this game if I were betting on pretty, it. Pretty high for a team on the road. Now listen, if I I will say this though, if I were to if I were to bet on this game, I I, I pick twenty seven sixteen. That's an eleven point win, but I'm not incredibly comfortable on it. I actually feel like the Cardinals could cover this, keep it within like keep it within like nine points or something like that. I I. I would stay away from this game if I were if I were a, if I were a betting man because I think the Cardinals are one of the harder teams to handicap right now. They've played. They've won three of the last four. They've played really good football lately. Uh, it's going to be tough. So I would. I'm going to take the Niners tonight. Stay away from the number. 
but I think the Niners get the W tonight in, uh, in Arizona. Okay, uh, let's go to the news. Uh, interim Big J journalist Evan Mazza here on a Thursday. Halloween. Happy Halloween to everyone out there. Have a great de- have a great trick-or-treating. Have a great happy Halloween. It's going to be fun. Although it's actually kind of damp and rain outside, so... My, happy uh, Haystack-a-ween. Happy Haystack-a-ween. Good, oh, my gosh. Kill me. Punch, punch me in the face right now. Big Mike Rifkin, I'm going to need your help on the happy Haystack-a-ween. What, what does he think of that pun? We need Monica here so I could... So she could come up with something worse. That'd be something. Oh Happy Haystack Halloween. That's Happy Haystack Halloween. Oh boy! All right, go ahead. So here we go. Tonight, Thursday night football: Cardinals, Cardinals, 49ers. Uh, Card- uh, 49ers favorite by 10. 49ers favorite by 10 in this game. You know, we were talking. We're talking about. We'll talk about where we're looking at. Is there an X factor for the Cardinals tonight? That can maybe help propel them to win this game. Someone out, someone out of the blue, maybe a Christian Kirk, maybe a Kenyon Drake, maybe like a, a Drake. like a player, player, yes, like a Ken, Larry maybe? Fitzgerald. Fitzgerald. Yeah, I, I think the Larry Fitzgerald. He's been spending a lot more time in the slot. I think that he's going to be a really reliable target today. As good as the Niners' defense is, they don't have great corners, so I think that Larry Fitz could take advantage of that. Again, if Kyler Murray can get the ball out quick and uh, the Cardinals can get some yards after the catch and they can break out and get open those receivers, then the Cardinals have a shot tonight. I just don't know if it happens. So I would say, yeah, Larry Fitzgerald, I think, would be the easy guess for the X Factor for the Cardinals tonight if they were going to win this game. 49ers X Factor? Uh, 49ers X Factor... I think it'll be how good the Niners run the football. So Tevin Coleman, Matt Breida, you know, can they control the clock? Because one of the things the Cardinals can do is they can control pacing and they can control time of possession because they've got a quick little quarterback uh, and a really creative offense. I want to see how Kyle Shanahan uses the running game to control time of possession and control the uh, and control the clock. Earlier today, earlier today, just a few minutes ago, Edwin Encarnacion, the Yankees have declined his option for 2020. Edwin Encarnacion is officially will be a free agent this upcoming offseason. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, I don't think that was a shock. The Yankees were, it was a $20 million option. He's not a $20 million player anymore. Uh, but I wouldn't be surprised if he comes back. I would not be surprised if he comes back on a cheaper deal. If he tests the market for a while, can't get a bite. I would not be surprised if that happens. So, again, we'll see, but I, I wouldn't be surprised at all if Edwin Encarnacion went back to the Yankees just at a deeper, uh, cheaper price. He will have a market, though. He'll he'll have a $10 million a year market. This is interesting. So, Jack Curry was posting these – Jack Curry of the Yes Network was posting these series of tweets. Now, in the end, he wasn't – he clarified that he wasn't talking about David Cohn as a uh, pitching coach. He was just talking about different pitches that move in different directions. So we put out this series about David Cohn and his tendencies as a pitching coach and what he would do, what his strengths are and everything else. And, of course, now, of course, I've led a lot of Yankee fans to speculate, like, wait a minute, the Yankees need a pitching coach, everything like that. But what would you think if David Cohn, David Cohn pitching coach for the Yankees? I wouldn't hate it. I mean, I, I think it would be a, an is- interesting little experiment. I wouldn't know what to think because I think that – um, 
Like, obviously, we've never seen David Cohn coach, so I would be interested to see how he handles the pitching staff. I would be curious to see what his teachings would be, how would he improve pitchers, you know what I mean? But I do think it was the right move for the Yankees to move on from Larry Rothschild, and they're not hiring somebody in-house because they fired all their pitching coaches. Up and down the minor leagues, they fired all of them. So they're bringing in a whole new staff of pitching guys. Uh, I think they, they they dipped into the college ranks. They're interviewing a bunch of different people from college. Uh, I think they're interviewing the Michigan pitching coach. I think they're interviewing the pitching coach from, I believe, Arkansas, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, there's a lot of there's a lot of options out there. But David Cohn, uh, he's been known to be a smart pitching guy. I'd like to see it happen. I think it would be a nice move. I'm just curious to see how he would coach because I'm not sure he's ever coached before. So it'll be interesting. I thought I, I just thought it was interesting. Now, again, he clarified at the end that he was only talking about uh, Cone straights. Not necessarily he was interested in a pitching coach job, but if they, David Cone, I a think smart he guy. is though. I think if I'm not mistaken, I think David Cone has said, said that he's interested in it. Has yeah, he said that would yeah. be interesting. Hey, that'd be interesting higher than for the Yankees. That be he wasn't again. Curry wasn't like speculating that the Yankees were interviewing him or anything like that. But David Cone is a Yankees pitching coach. I mean. David Cohn's a smart guy. He's been around in the big leagues for, for yeah. years with the Mets, the Royals, the Yankees. Be, I think that'd be I'm interested. Uh, listen, I'm interested. I, I would love to see how that worked out. If they hired David Cohn as their pitching coach, I wouldn't hate it. So when the Minnesota Vikings closed as the 16.5-point favorites over, the Washington, over Washington last Thursday, it was the eighth time this season that one NFL team was favored by more than two touchdowns over another in the, Las Vegas, in the Vegas line. That's according to ProFootballReference.com. The 2019 regular season isn't even halfway over, and this is already the fi- that was already the fifth most games in a season since 1978 with a team favored by more than two touchdowns. The record number is 15, set in 1992, and that season saw eight such games occur through Week Eight. Interesting. I mean, it, it, this year's a little bit different in the NFL, where you've got you have two or three historically bad teams at one time. Miami, Cincinnati, and Washington are all historically bad. And then the Niners and the Patriots are still undefeated, and you still have a bunch of one-loss teams like the Saints and uh, and the Packers and, you know, teams like that. So it's interesting, but, I mean, I don't know. I, I, are people, like, concerned about that, or is that just like a... No, I thought it was, a very, I thought it was an interesting statistic. I thought it was an interesting statistic. Yeah, that is interesting, but like, that's the thing is you've got, like... You have like three teams that are just historically awful. I also think it they're maybe, terrible. Does it also speak up the dominance of teams in the NFL? Again, we all know there's New England. New England is New England, but is it just the is it the difference that teams are, that Vegas is seeing and the betting lines are seeing in teams compared to others? How good other teams are compared to others? I mean, ten point spread like San Francisco, like Arizona. Well, a how many of those teams covered? Uh, I didn't get into that one, but even today. Even today, the tonight's game, the Cardinals are not that bad. Like, the Cardinals have actually been scrappy. They've played well overall. It's just a bad matchup for the Cardinals. It is a bad matchup, but they are at home and, boom, down ten, a 10-point ten underdog. No, you're right. Against a, against a, a granted, really good 49ers team, but Arizona's been scrappy. Is that the difference line? Is that the difference that they're seeing between how good San Fran is and that maybe Arizona, you know, compared to Arizona, like you said, talent-wise and on paper and matchups? I don't know. I don't know. I Look, I think... I, I, we're zooming in on this now a lot because of the, uh, because of the betting, right? Because now it's legal and everything like that. So 
So it's 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 interesting, but I I I'm how would you say it? I I'm actually very um I'm actually very surprised at some of the lines. And ever since we've done Four Shore Four, I've been doing really well on Four Shore Four. I didn't do the I I was three and one this past week, so um my numbers, I think, definitely went up, so I'm probably in the higher 60s now. But, I i mean, it's because I think most of the games that they give you are gifts. They give you gift games with these large spreads. I mean, it's just, it's interesting. I don't know. I don't know what determines it, but that's the way it is, I guess. All right. That's the news. Interim Big J journalist Evan Mazza here on a Thursday. All right. So... It's rainy, it's dark, it's perfect for Halloween, isn't it? Boy, oh boy. Uh, apparently, so this is, this is kind of funny. So the Cowboys sent two of their players home because they were late to the meeting. I just saw that just now. I just, like, it was Antoine just Woods and the rookie Tristan Hill. So like, as the, both as, defensive tackles. As the news segment was ending, I was scrolling down, I just saw that. So, wow. Discipline, I like it. All right, uh, coming up next, the Nationals, they are World Series champions. And Baker Mayfield, again, proves to me why he keeps looking like he's not a franchise quarterback. It's coming up next. It's the Haystack on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. It's the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Worldwide Sports Radio presents the, 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 the Haystack Show Yo. with Mike Guido. Hour three. Happy Halloween. It's the Haystack and the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. iHeartRadio, TuneIn Radio, WorldWideSportsRadio.com. Mike Guido, Evan Mazza, my producer. It's good to have you in here on a Thursday. Happy Halloween to you. Uh, Nationals are World Series champs. That's obviously uh, where the stories take the cake today. We've had a very busy show today. On top of that, coming up at the end of the show, I told you I had a surprise for you. I'll let you in on the secret now. Because it's Halloween, I wanted to do something a little bit Halloween-themed. So at 1.30, at the end of the show today, I'm going to tell you the top 10 athletes to dress up as for Halloween. <laughs> so there we go. That's like, the surprise. Currently of all, currently or of all currently, time? Currently. 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 Probably could have been more fun if I did all time. But honestly, this was a spur of the moment idea, so I didn't have that much time to brainstorm. Uh, but anyway, speaking of brainstorming, I want to start with this. I want to do something a little different to begin today. Let's do something together. Let's brainstorm all of the things we love about sports. I can tell you the former athlete in me loves the competitiveness. The amateur GM in me loves all the moving pieces like trades and free agency and, and, and the draft and all of that stuff. The sports talk host in me Loves the drama and the storylines and bashing people. Love that stuff. 
But the pure sports fan in me loves the things that we can remember, those moments. Baseball has always been a sentimental sport. The 150-year history, this sport goes back lifetimes. I can tell you that last night is what we live for as sports fans. The Nationals winning the World Series as a wild card team, not even the best team in their division, when their history explains heartbreak and frustration and choking in big moments against the best team in the league who were heavily favored in the series. This team has never won a World Series, and Washington, D.C., the city, hasn't won a World Series since 1924. Walter Johnson, Washington Senators. That's the stuff that makes us love sports. Makes us love this crap. The underdog is the ultimate in sports. I say it all the time. And I understand that popularity and market size and ratings, they all can fluctuate and are all factors in what helps draws fans' interest. But you'd be hard-pressed to tell me that not everybody outside of Houston was rooting for exactly what we got last night. Because we were. Just like how there are factors into what draws the fans in, there are factors that cause the fans to be amazed. The story is phenomenal for the Nationals. It's phenomenal. Not once in any series, in any sport, not in Major League Baseball, not in the NHL, not in the NBA, never has the road team won every game in a series. The Nationals did that. The first player they ever drafted was starting at first base, Ryan Zimmerman. The year after they let go of who was supposed to be the savior of that franchise, the guy that was going to revolutionize everything for Washington, D.C., Bryce Harper, they let him go. And the World Series MVP was a guy who never really reached his peak of magic because of injuries of all things, Steven Strasburg. And he did in this postseason. Baseball won yesterday. Fans from all around the country that aren't even interested in baseball were rooting for the Nationals because the story was just near perfect. This is why I wanted to be a sports talk show host. This is why. Because I love talking about stuff like this with you. This is what made me fall in love with sports, and especially baseball. Baseball was my first love. Played it my whole life. Tore my UCL twice. Ended my, my already non-existent professional, ba- uh, professional baseball career. Baseball carries that little extra magic. And we all felt it. All of us. Baseball might not be the most watched sport in America, but it definitely holds the most memorable moments. I'll say that as much. Every family's history has some form of baseball in it. The player, executive, fan, little little leaguer, whatever. 
This is one of those moments that will last in baseball history. The best stories in sports come from the big leagues. The best ones. The thing that makes us love sports are all compacted into Major League Baseball. All of it. So even if the NFL and the NBA trumps it in the ratings sometimes, the fact still remains that we were all baseball fans last night. And that's what baseball does. That's what baseball does. The Washington Nationals are World Series champions, and this is how it sounded. Dan Shulman on ESPN Radio for the final out of the Nationals winning the 2019 World Series. The 3-2 on the way. Swing and a miss. Hudson gets him. Throws his glove towards his teammates as they race out of the dugout. And the celebration begins for the Washington Nationals as they come together in a cluster on the infield. This improbable story from mid-May on as the Nationals overcame a dreadful start to the season, got hot, and just continued right on through the postseason. And for the first time ever, the Washington Nationals are World Series champions. And there we go. And you couldn't tell me that you weren't at least a little bit emotionally connected. Because you were. You're listening to me today. You were emotionally connected. Everybody was a baseball fan last night. Everybody was a Nationals fan last night outside of Houston. We all won. The sport of baseball won yesterday. And that's what I love about baseball is that those biggest moments in baseball trump the biggest moments in any other sport. The Cavs winning an NBA title, big moment. The Cubs won the World Series the very same year. It's just a, a different animal when it comes to baseball. Over a century and a half of history, and it all gets compiled again and again and again and the stories keep going. And that's where we are. Baseball is king when it comes to memories in sports. We all won yesterday. Okay. Now, I want to get into, speaking of emotions, I want to get into something more on the negative side of emotions. So I don't know about most people, but I like my quarterback to not only be skilled, but also be a grown-up. The more I see Baker Mayfield, the more I think he's not a franchise quarterback. And people are going to tell me, oh, hey, slow down, come on. And they'll say, come on. People will say that sports talk hosts like me dig on Baker and, and try to pull things. You know, we spend hours on the internet trying to, trying to find dirt on Baker Mayfield so we can bring it up and we can, we can antagonize him and all that stuff. No, 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 no. The problem is we don't have to dig. He, he gives it to us front and center. We don't have to dig at all. The material is there for us. <laughs> it's easy to rip Baker Mayfield. He got into it with a reporter the other day, and it just sounded like an immature tirade. And I understand that Baker and this reporter, Tony, I, I think it's Tony Grassi, might have a history, but you've got to do better than this 
when you're a quarterback. Here's how it sounded. It seemed like there was a lack of urgency there. Was something going on? There was a penalty, so we were negative yardage. No, but there was a lot of time between snaps. Uh, well, when the penalty happened, then we're the behind the chains. No, 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 stop saying but. I just told you the clock was running and we had a penalty. Do you want to give them the ball back? No, you don't play. You don't know it. That's just plain and simple. Was I happy with the drive? No, we didn't score points. It's the dumbest question you could ask. What? Jesus, Tony. Hmm. Now, for the people that don't think this is a problem, let's take a look at another quarterback's response when a reporter challenges him. Deshaun Watson, who, by the way, is better than Baker, had a much different response. Here it is. Opportunities for you to try, to try them downfield, or was that kind of the only two or three opportunities you had in the game? Uh... I mean, you know what coverage they're playing. Well, you you said no, earlier. I'm, I'm just asking. I'm not. No, no, no. I, and that, I, I want. Cover, I want to. It's cover. It's cover four. Yeah. So what the the safeties are doing? They're playing deep, and they're guarding number two. Corners sink, and they trap two. And so what they're doing is keeping everything in front. The linebackers are playing anything that crosses. Kiki is playing the middle. He stops everything that crosses the middle. He jumps everything that, and the safeties are charging on number two. So if the safeties are playing low. Then we can't take that. We have to hit double moves. Mm-hmm. We did the post because Reed stepped up on two with an out over the top. I didn't hit it. Same thing with Hop. In route, safety jumped up. He went vertical. I didn't hit it. That was the only two. After that, they played back. Mm-hmm. Cover two, six, buzz, which is safety. Reed comes in between Keekly, the outside linebacker. He plays deep. I got to get rid of the ball. Thank you. <laughs> what? Did you understand what he said? Because I I don't. (laughs) I have no idea what he said. Buzz, saw, six, covered, three, hundred, whatever. What? I'm I'm a measly sports dog. I don't know what any of that crap means. (laughs) But nonetheless, that's how a franchise quarterback handles things. Yes, he outsmarted a reporter but he didn't attack him. It's not the same thing. What Deshaun Watson did and what Baker Mayfield did are not the same. Yes, you could, hear, you could hear it in Deshaun Watson's tone of voice. Yes, he was annoyed by the question. I don't have a problem if you're annoyed by a question. I'm, anno- I'm annoyed at the fact on how you handled yourself for the question. Deshaun Watson kept his cool. Deshaun Watson did get annoyed. It's, at least it seemed that way. But instead of saying, that's a dumb question. Do you even understand what I'm talking about? You don't play the game. You don't get it. No, he actually said, well, the cover, did you, do you know what covers they were playing? Well, they were playing cover four. This is what that means and all of that stuff. And th- that was the end of it. The reporter said, oh, thank you. Perfect. Look, our, our, a friend of this network, I got him on all the time, Jake Asman, SB Nation, asked Deshaun Watson a very similar question. And I asked him the same way. He did it again. It went viral. But we don't bash Deshaun Watson today because he handled the media the right way. I, I, I get very sick and tired of this whole de- defense of Baker. Okay? If you can't see it by now, I don't know what to tell you. That's a you problem. Baker isn't treated unfairly. He gets asked the same questions all quarterbacks gets asked. I mean, listen, 
Quarterbacks get asked after a game situational questions. Why didn't you do this on this drive? Why did you do this instead? What was your mindset going through here? What was the play call here? You know, why didn't you do this? Every quarterback has to answer those questions after nearly every game. And especially when you lose, you have to answer those questions. And sometimes you have to answer for other people. But the difference between a guy like Deshaun Watson and a guy like Baker Mayfield is that Deshaun Watson handles those questions maturely and like a grown-up. Baker Mayfield throws a hissy fit. Do you see why we have a problem here? I don't fish for stuff to rip Baker Mayfield about. He gives it to me. He gives it to me. The Browns, in my opinion, seriously need to sit down with Baker Mayfield and simply tell him to shut it. But Baker told you who he was before he was drafted, didn't he? Everything we thought he would be out of the draft was exactly right. Crazy accurate, which, truthfully, he really isn't anymore as much. And he was a little short, and he got arrested by the cops, and he's had this personality issue. He was very fiery, and it was a little bit questionable. We were, we, a lot of people had questions about Baker. Hmm. Turns out we were all right. Turns out we were all right. The Browns are 2-5, and five, and he's still running his mouth. You know, you're supposed to be humble as a quarterback, especially when you're humbled. And Baker has yet to learn that lesson. Have we realized that? The Browns aren't good, and he's still doing it. Just shut up. Don't get into it with reporters. Can you please find a way to grow up, please? I understand the emotions of the game are heavy and high, and some losses you can take better than others. But it seems like every single week we've got a new thing on Baker Mayfield, and I don't dig for it. I don't have the time to dig through Baker Mayfield's social media pages to try to rip him. I'm not into that. I read what I read. I read what is reported. It's right in front of me. I see it. Okay? I don't care if he's got a history with this reporter, Tony Grassi. And I've ripped athletes. I've ripped Bill Belichick. I've ripped, I've ripped everybody for a very similar thing. You don't have to like a question. But at least show the reporters some normal human respect. Baker Mayfield makes 15 times more money than the reporter that asked him that question. Baker Mayfield gets to go home. He gets to drive home in his super nice luxury car. He gets to go home into a super nice, decorated, modern-looking house, sleep in a designer mattress bed with his 70,000-inch flat-screen TV so he can watch his own highlights, And the guy that asked him that question is eating ramen noodles for dinner that night in his studio apartment in the bad part of the city. Give me a break. Do you really think that 
Baker's the victim here. He gets treated unfairly. If Baker gets treated unfairly, then why don't every other then every other quarterback must get treated unfairly, right? They all get asked the same questions, but they handle it better than he does. I'm tired of this whole Baker thing. I'm done with Baker Mayfield. Grow up or you won't make it in the league. Bottom line. It is as simple as that. Grow up or you will not make it in the NFL. Okay. Boy, oh boy. I think I went off enough, right? You're in the Christmas spirit. I, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Christmas season begins tomorrow. You're in the Christmas spirit, apparently. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Okay. Uh, coming up next, it's Halloween. So, in honor of such a holiday, I'm going to give you the 10 best athletes to dress up as for Halloween. It's my best segment of the day, and, this is and I can't wait for it. Current athletes. Current athletes. Top 10. I'll go 10 to 1. I'm pretty sure you're going to like my list. That's coming up next. The Haystack of the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. You're, you're, you're listening to the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. You're, you're, you're listening to the Haystack Show on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Good to have you back, Haystack Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Uh, happy Halloween to you today. Uh, hope you trick-or-treat safely and give yourself plenty and plenty of cavities with all the candy that you eat today. Absolutely. Uh, I hate haunted houses. I hate scary movies. I do not like to be scared. Um, like, I really don't like it. I hate it very much. One of the things I hate most in the world uh, so therefore, Halloween is not necessarily my holiday, but football is definitely my sport. So I will say this: we do have Thursday night football tonight. Evan, what do we have? Forty ers at the Cardinals. Forty ers favorite by ten. I'll take the San Francisco Forty ers in this one. I'll say around twenty. I'll say twenty-seven to seventeen. I'll st- I'll stick with the score. I think pretty much the score you're going to go with. I'll say I think the Cardinals cover. I think it'll be, it'll be tough. The Cardinals will give them a game. It's a division division rival at home, Thursday night game. I think the Cardinals will give them a game. They played well this year, the Arizona Cardinals. They really have. They got off to a slow start at the beginning of the year, but the last yeah. several weeks they've played extremely well. Defensively, they've actually played decently. Suggs has looked good. Uh, Chandler Jones has played well. Kyler Murray is, is getting better uh, as the season progresses, and you knew that would happen with, with yeah. Cliff Kingsbury. Uh, it, it stinks. They don't have, you know, they, they're kind of relying on Kenyon Drake right now with no, with no uh, David Johnson and Edmonds. Right. So it's going to be tough for it the Cardinals be. tonight and against that, against the Niners. And the Niners are just too. They're just they're playing tremendous football. They're playing tremendously. I think Garoppolo has a nice game. I think Matt Breda, he's supposed to play. I think he has a nice game. Right. I think 49ers get some turnovers. Maybe get a two turnovers or so on the Cardinals' offense and they win. Oh, boy, oh, boy. Yeah, I like the Niners tonight, too. Uh, bad matchup. Offensive line of the Cardinals won't be able to handle uh, the pass rush of the Niners. I think I like Kyle Shanahan a little bit better. The Cardinals are playing uh, are playing good football right now, but the Niners are too good. I know it's in Arizona, so it makes some people a little bit nervous, uh, but the Niners are going to take control of the game uh, today. I wouldn't be surprised if the Cardinals led in the first half but in the second half, it's going to be all Niners. 27-16. I will take the San Francisco 49ers on the road. They stay undefeated. Okay. Let's go to the news. Interim Big J journalist Evan Mazza here on a Thursday. 
So Game 7 of the World Series was last night. Congratulations to the Washington Nationals, the new uh, World Series champions for the first time in history. They win 6-2, final score. Uh, what was your biggest, as we enter Game 7, as we enter the offseason, what was your biggest takeaway from last night's game for, for the Nationals' sake? Max Scherzer was fantastic. I mean, well, not fan, well, he was, he was, he battled. He was, he battled. The with perseverance guts. was incredible. Perseverance. Because think about this game six, they got absolutely screwed by a call. Absolutely screwed. And they were leading. And then two batters later, Anthony Rendon, it's a two run homer yeah. and wipes it all away. Pretty much made a whole, made the whole thing moot. Made it all. And then moot. yesterday, they're down two nothing in the sixth inning. You're thinking, all right, time's kind of running out. Rendon homers, Howie Kendrick homers, and just like that, they're back in it. And then from that point on, they just pull away. Sure, sure, it's just incredible. Scherzer sure, sure battled after what after a few days ago. It's insane that he, he pitched. He kept them in the ball game. They got out of jams. They were able to withhold the Astros early in the game. The well, Astros- Yuli Gurriel hurried and uh, homered in the game early, and then Correa got that hit in the fifth that drove in another drove in another run. Yeah. I mean. But the Astros it was had a lot of it wasn't looking good for the Nationals but, originally, and then they again the perseverance. It, uh, this national team has had something that all World Series teams had: heart, something internal, the drive. It was just awesome, awesome to watch, and very easy to root for. The Astros had a lot of opportunities early in the game to get to Scherzer early and really put this thing away early, with Scherzer not having his best stuff due to the injury. But they never did. They kept that. They kept him in it. Juan Soto with a great catch uh, was able to get Jordan Al- uh, Alvarez to deep, to deep center field. Able to work out of jams. Uh, Jose Altuve get him on the ground. Uh, I think a double play it was. They, and Patrick Corbin pitched lights out. They were able to stay in the game. Pitching was able to keep him in the game. Stay in the game until Redone hit the home run off Granky. They finally got something off Granky. They made the turn. They made the the decision to pull Granky. They got to the Will Harris of the bullpen, and they pulled away. In the seventh, eighth, ninth inning, right there. That was their runs. Seventh, eighth, ninth, and the final nine outs of the game. Yeah. Seven, eight, nine. Got, and that's what won the World Series because they stayed in the game early, and and the Astros kept them in early, and they pulled away in the end. That's right. Unbelievable. Great, uh, great, great series. Really great World Series it was. was and the, I was so happy for the Nationals when they won. Was this the best World Series you've ever seen or one of the best? No. The best World Series I've ever seen was when the Cubs won. Over the Indians? When when the Cubs beat the Indians in 2016 when they broke the 100-year drought. That was the best World Series I've ever seen. This is a great yeah. This is a great World Series, too. This was a great World Series. But I, I will I, say this, though. It's so interesting how it fluctuates because this was a great World Series. I think the Cubs in 2016 was a great World Series. I thought last year's World Series between the Red Sox and Dodgers wasn't good at all. That was not a good World Series, in my opinion. And it's not just because the Red Sox won. I wasn't really entertained by it. It kind of just seemed like it, it, it. they didn't make a huge deal out of it. The Red Sox just kind of won. That's really what it was. Well, the Red Sox were the most dominant team in baseball all year And it clearly year. showed. And, and, oh, yeah. Clearly, it clearly showed. Uh, on to the – still on to this game, the Astros with Zach Greinke. Gave up the home run and run down. He was great, Zach Greinke, until the home no, run. Oh, yeah. He it was, was Zach fantastic. Greinke, Zach Greinke pitched great for the Astros he, yesterday. He was fantastic. He was great. And, again, Zach Greinke in that start and the past, like, two or three starts before that in the postseason, I think it was the last two starts before that in the postseason, mm-hmm. he was great. I mean, he pitched great in game four against the Yankees, and he pitched great in game three of this series. Or uh, was it Game 3? Yes. Yeah, Game 3. Yes, Game 3 of this series, he pitched great. And then he pitched great last night. 
I, it was really something. I, I was really impressed by what Zach Granke pulled together in this series. Yeah, 245 ERA in this World Series, Zach Granke. But A.J. Hinch pulled Granke out. Uh, some think, some think uh, that they should have kept him in at least. They never saw Garrett Cole. They took him out after the home run. So yeah. Obviously, that's going to be the big topic of discussion. Managing is so subjective. If you're giving A.J. Hinch flack today, you're, you're misled. A.J. Hinch made... I, I, what I think, A.J. Hinch made really solid moves. He did. He took Granky out before leaving him in too long. And what happened? He brought in his most trusted reliever, and his most trusted beli- reliever didn't deliver. Can we? Let me just say this. I know that we like to put the blame on coaches a lot, but can we please start, like, when certain things happen, can we please start blaming players for not executing? I mean, Will Harris was great all series, and then he laid an egg. That's on Will Harris. That's not on A.J. Hinch. Harris, I think that's fair to say that, right? Harris was, Harris was used a lot in the postseason, I believe. He, he was, but he was dominant the whole postseason. Very good. Very good. He was their best reliever by far. I mean, I don't know. I, I wouldn't put it on A.J. Hinch at all. That's crazy to me. And after the game, Garrett Cole, who who will be a free agent this season, and he'll be one of the highest paid pitchers in baseball, maybe the highest, depending on what Strasburg gets and who signs first. Uh, he actually had the, in a press conference today was wearing a Scott Boris uh, t-shirt uh, hat, the Scott Boris's uh, agency's hat, and he said, "I'm not employed by the team. I guess as a representative of myself." Cole says he says a lot of good friendships on the on the Astros team. Obviously, I learned a lot about pitching from my teammates, from the pitching coaches and pitching staff. I learned a lot more about the game from manager H.H. Hinch, and it was just a pleasure to play in the city of Houston. So it sounds like a guy who is ready to hit free yeah, agency. He's, and he's, he's, ready, to he's ready to go. He's gone. He is gone. But that was expected. That was expected. I'm surprised at the way he reacted yesterday, but I'll admit, I mean, they... I, I mean, we all knew that Garrett Cole was going to be gone, and that shouldn't surprise anybody. So I'm not, I'm not like upset about it or anything. You got to figure. He's like, fine. You got to yeah. you got to figure. There's that competitive edge in him. That's I'm sure little, he's that's pissed. a little irked. I'm that sure. He's a little irked. He didn't put pitch yesterday. I'm sure he's irked. He didn't pitch yesterday, and I'm pretty sure he's irked that they didn't get the win. And and I mean, like he can't, he became a part of the Astros because he wanted to become a World Series champion. You know what I mean? It, so. I don't know. I'm pretty sure he's a little bit irked, but which makes me believe maybe he'll go somewhere where he can compete for a World Series. Maybe it is a team like the Yankees or the Dodgers or, or something like that so he can be put in another position to compete for a World Series. Well, the rumors out there right now for Garrett Cole is that he prefers to stay and play on the West Coast where he grew up and went to college. So maybe that's the Angels. Maybe that is the Angels. Angels, the Dodgers. Dodgers, yeah. No, I, 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 I bet. Sure, the Padres will be in on him too, but you never know. Yeah, another guy we really haven't talked about in terms of free agency, at least today, but we have in the past, Anthony Rodone. Of course, Anthony Rodone was fantastic all year long. Maybe a top three MVP candidate for the National. You know League. who I've heard a lot connected to Anthony Rendon? Who? The Texas Rangers. I've heard that quite a bit. Why would they do that? They're not close to competing at all. Yeah, would that just be that would just be like a keep us relevant signing? Maybe. It doesn't make any sense. That wouldn't make any sense. I mean, Rendon makes sense for the Mets. He makes sense for the Yankees. If depending on what they want to do with Urshela and, and Andohar in that situation, the Phillies, of course, makes a lot of sense for him. 
going back to the Nationals makes a lot of sense for him. You remember when Anthony Rendon... Texas Rangers. Anthony Rendon was in trade rumors at the trade deadline. He was. Remember that? But he was. They should, the Nationals should Again, sell where, off Scherzer. Where this Nationals team was Strasburg. in May. Yeah, crazy. Where they were in May. It's crazy. They kept all their pieces and they won the World Series. Absolutely nuts. But Rendon Rockson reports... Uh, the reports that Rendon rejected a seven-year contract worth between $210-215 million by the Washington Post. Probably wants more years. Probably wants more years now. I would and say he wants more years. Nolan Arenado signed an eight-year, $260 million extension. That's I'm pretty sure Anthony Rendon is thinking that's where the negotiations start. Eight years, eight two years eight. 260. 260. I think he wants to get more than Nolan Arenado got. He had a better year than Nolan Arenado did. So he's probably thinking, you know, that's where the negotiations start. It's going to be very interesting because the Nationals passed on Bryce Harper last year. Are they going to pass on Anthony Rendon this year? I, I'm, I'm really interested. I don't know. I don't know. But you, They got two. Instead of one free agent, <clears throat> instead of one free agent this time, now you got two. And you have that. the first one is your is one of your two aces, Strasburg and Scherzer with Strasburg, one of your two aces, and one of your superstar hitters along with Juan Soto. So you have to really – if you can, hey, if you can get, if you can sign both, if you can sign both, but you don't want to lose both of them. You want to at least sign one of them. Right. I'm still curious to see if they're able to do that. If I were to pick who they would resign, might be Rendon. If I had to choose, yeah, who, I'd who would say be they'd be more inclined to resign Rendon. But I mean, if you put, you got to put yourself in Mike Rizzo's in Mike Rizzo's shoes. I mean, who would you choose? I mean, I might actually choose to sign Scherzer because again, pitching, pitching, Strasburg. Pitching. You mean? Uh, yeah, I said, I said, yeah, I'm sorry, Scherzer, Strasburg. Strasburg. I might choose Strasburg because pitching, pitching, pitching uh, means everything. It means everything in baseball and in the postseason. I might choose Strasburg over Rendon, but Rendon has been so good for me. He's been so reliable, so clutch. Yeah, I know. MVP season. And your pitching's already really good. I would. I don't know. I would probably edge Rendon because if you lose Rendon, you're really hurting for bats now. Sure. You got Juan Soto. Zimmerman's getting older. Who plays third base for you? Would you go outside Josh Donaldson? Well, maybe, but I think it, I think Josh Donaldson is, is as good as Atlanta. Like I don't think he leaves Atlanta at all. So I don't know. I do not know. All right, that's the news. Interim Big J journalist Evan Mazza here on a Thursday. I don't know. It's a really interesting question. I, I really wonder what the Nationals do if they bring back one of those guys. Which guy they bring back? Um, I would imagine it would be Anthony Rendon. Yeah. But all right. Uh, so here we go. Happy Halloween. So in honor of that, I'll give you the ten best athletes to dress up as for Halloween. So if your kid needs a little bit of help before he goes trick or treating today, I'll give you a couple of ideas. Here we go. Number ten. Anthony Davis. The unibrow. The unibrow. There you go. Paint it, paint it right there, right in the middle, right above your nose. Go with the unibrow, put on a number three Laker jersey, and you're good to go. <laughs> Anthony Davis. It's cheap. It's easy. Just take a, take a Sharpie. A yeah, Sharpie. Boop. There you go. Perfect. Or take a little piece of eye black and put it there. Perfect. Anthony Davis. Number nine, Ezekiel Elliott. Oh. Crop top shirt. There you go. I think I love it. Big hair, headband. Nose ring. Big beard, nose ring, crop top shirt. What do you think? You're in on that? Get put the, yeah, now you got to get the jersey and just let it like the, get the jersey. That's right. All right, number eight. 
OBJ, Odell Beckham Jr. Blonde hair. The blonde the hair. hair. The, you can wear the watch. You can wear your pants up above your knee, all your uniform violations. Be perfect. Wear a helmet with a too dark visor. Yeah, just walk around like OBJ, OBJ with a bunch of uniform violations. And every football, and you're perfect. And every football you get, you go, you try to catch it with one hand. That's right. <laughs> you catch your candy with one hand. Yeah, right. That's right. The candy. All right. Number seven. James Harden. The beard. The beard. You can't not do that. The mohawk, the beard. I I think that pretty much explains itself. You can walk around the neighborhood doing step backs and traveling. It's perfect. (laughs) You step back and travel from someone's, from the, when someone gives you a trick or treat candy. That's right. Right. You step back. No, every time somebody tries to give you a piece of candy, you go under their arm and you get fouled by them (laughs) because that's what James Harden does. Oh, here you go, buddy. Oh, and one. There you go. Perfect. Number six, Baker Mayfield. Headband, mustache. You'll probably get a lot kind of, of a, you'll get a lot of Browns fans today dressing up with Baker Mayfield today. Wristbands. And all you got to do is yell at people. The sweater. Can I get the... Uh, you really gave me Smarties? Smarties? No, Kit Kats? Smarties, really? You gotta get Jesus, the, uh, Diane. You got to get the, the Beats, the headsets. There you go. There you go. Perfect. Number five, Josh Gordon. Flash Gordon. All right, bad joke. But that was number five, really. (laughs) Come on, I thought that was funny. Flash Gordon, Josh Gordon. No? All right, whatever. All right, these next four I think you're going to like. Number four, Ryan Fitzpatrick. Oh, that... There See, you go. You got to do Fitzpatrick from the press conference right. last year. Chains, button-down shirt, the yeah, the beard, the sunglasses, the bling. <laughs> Looking like That's Uncle Rico. The- <laughs> I love it. Oh, tell me Gardner Minshew's on your list. Number three is, is Gardner, Gardner Minshew. Min- <laughs> the jorts, mustache, headband. I mean, Gardner Minshew is <laughs> clear-cut number three. Number two. Russell Westbrook, maybe one of the most fashionable guys in the NBA, one of the guys that dresses super, super weird. You dress up as Russell Westbrook. What do you think? And then all you got to do is, ah, and then you'll be exactly like Russell Westbrook. Who's number one? Number one, I'm actually surprised that you're not getting this right now. Oh, my goodness. I would say Uh, it is the most uniquely dressed man in sports. Cam Newton. Oh, Cam. Cam Newton. You walk around with a wine glass and with the big hair and the stylish outfits and the glasses and the big hair now. And you're Cam Newton. Interesting list. So there we go. If your kid needs ideas, Anthony Davis with the unibrow, Ezekiel Elliott, crop top shirt, big hair, all that stuff. OBJ. All of his uniform violations and the bleach blonde hair. Uh, James Harden, the beard. You get Baker Mayfield for the wristbands and the mustache and the headbands and all that stuff. Josh Gordon, because Flash Gordon. It's a lame joke. I get it. Eh. Ryan Fitzpatrick for obvious reasons. I think my favorite is Fitz, Harden, and Minshew. Those are my three favorites. Gardner Minshew at number three. 
Russell Westbrook two, and then Cam Newton one. Because Gardner Mitchell, I'm just dressing up as Uncle Rico. I mean, I'm just, I'm just saying, yeah, I'm Uncle. I could say I'm Uncle Rico or I'm Gardner Mitchell. Right. Like it, does, it doesn't. I, I so what do you people. think? You like that list? Did Good I, list. did I miss Funny. anybody? Whoa, did you miss any? Trying to think of any baseball players. Can I say Ovechkin? Players. Can I say Ovechkin? Alex Ovechkin? I guess you could say Jersey, Ovechkin. Jersey, the Stanley Cup, the, the, the teeth missing. Alex Ovechkin. Uh, baseball players. Aaron Judge. You gotta grow. You gotta, you gotta, your kid's gotta be really tall. Did you see that picture of Jimmy Graham? I saw that. And yeah. his, I think it was the assistant athletic trainer for I the saw Packers. That. That was dressed up as Jose Altuve. Yeah. And they recreated the Jose Altuve Aaron Judge picture. That was great. That was good. That was funny. That was funny. That was good. Oh, man. I don't know. It's gotta be. There's no, like, there's nothing like, there's no crazy MLB personalities. You know what I mean? I was thinking, like, Justin Turner. Oh, that's a good one, though. Justin Turner wouldn't be terrible. That's a good one. Uh, you could do Pete Alonzo. You just walk around with your shirt off all the time with a bat in your hand. Be the polar bear. Have, pol- have like a polar bear like uh, shirt on or something. Yeah, like right. Exactly. Have baseballs where you just you just just smoke home runs every day over. I could dress up as Bryce Harper. Dress up as Bryce Harper with the big hair, and I could be holding a picture of the Washington Nationals, and I could be crying. Like that, <laughs> like that, like that Wolverine, like that Wolverine picture, the Wolverine yeah. meme. Actually, Bryce Harper's a good one. Headband, beard. You can do beard, his long hair look. Uh, this, the, uh, the the Philadelphia Philly Philly Fanatic socks that he had. Yeah, there you go. The Philly Fanatic socks, his, his uh, armbands. It's actually not bad. Bryce Harper's not a bad one to dress up as. That's a good one to dress up as. Uh, oh, Scherzer. Get the eye, get the... Uh, how do you uh, how do you do two different colored eyeballs? I don't know. It's Halloween. I, you find something, right? Oh, my God. Maybe Scherzer. Uh... We do not recommend that anybody try that at home. Uh, I, I, like I said, it's Halloween. People try crazy things on Halloween. Uh, I like. I don't know. I don't think I missed anybody. Any 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 other NBA players you want to think of? Not really. NFL? Any other NFL players? I wouldn't think so. Right? Am I missing anybody? How about, Aaron, Ro- how about Aaron Rodgers and the mustache? I, you look? know what? I had Aaron Rodgers on the list, and I replaced him for Gardner Minshew. Oh, okay. So, I had Aaron Rodgers on the on the list. Pat Mahomes! Pat Mahomes! The headband, the, the, uh, the headband, the headband. Uh, Pat Mahomes is kind of basic, though. Pat Mahomes isn't really that unique. Hey, just run No, you run around with candy, and you throw it like this. You throw the candy, no looking. Throw, it, throw the candy with your left hand. Throw it like that. Pat Mahomes, it's perfect. I guess. You're going to see a lot. You might see a lot of kids. Again, a lot of kids in Kansas City today dress up as Pat Mahomes. All right. Guarantee it. I thought I nailed the list, though. Good list. Thought I nailed it. I love I loved Harden, Minshew, and um, I was the other one. I Ryan Fitzpatrick. Fitz, Fitzpatrick. That might be my favorite one because that's too perfect. All right. That's the best athletes to dress up as for Halloween in honor of today's holiday. Happy Halloween, everybody. That's my producer, Evan Mazza. I'm Mike Guido. This is the Haystack and the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. And on behalf of all of us, happy Halloween. We'll be back tomorrow. We'll see you. You're, you're, you're listening to the Worldwide Sports Radio Network.